Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 302 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Really excited about today's episode because we're going to be combining multiple of my favorite things to talk about here on the show mental toughness and perspective and and the mental game in general and then also combining that with one of the greatest players of all time and seeing just kind of peering into Roger's brain a little bit seeing getting some insights directly from him this is a very little scene video that I happened to dig up uh, somebody posted it on my my Facebook feed and it's basically answers that Roger gave in an interview a private interview and I'm going to basically pick them apart. I've, I've separated seven different lessons that we can take from this short video. I'll tell you where to find the video as well. Before we dive into that, quickly, I just want to say thanks to Azia, I believe, A-Z-I-Y-E, I'm sorry, A-Z-I-Y-A Sanders on the iTunes Music Store, or possibly it was the uh, iPhone uh, Podcasts app. Thank you so much for leaving your review of the show. Appreciate it very much. So this interview was, Roger did a a brand deal, maybe he's still an an ambassador with Credit Suisse, and he did a a series of kind of candid interviews where he talked about mental toughness. It was something that apparently they, the bank specifically, wanted to focus on. And so if you go to YouTube and you do a search for Roger Federer on being mentally fit, is the title of the video. It's a two minute, 36 second video that Roger did for Credit Suisse. And it's it's a short video, but extremely dense and insightful. And Roger has a way, I've deconstructed a couple of his interviews, pre-match interviews before. He has a way of sneaking in very, very insightful and very dense and impactful statements in a very short period of time. And this video is definitely not an exception to that. When I first saw this video, it it only had 500 views. Right now, I think it's right around 1,000. And it was published back in August, several months ago. And so this video has really not gotten around at all. And it's too bad because the answers that he gives about mental toughness are really insightful. I'm going to go ahead, go through seven statements or concepts that that he gives in his answers that I think are directly applicable to you right now. It doesn't matter what level player you are. doesn't matter how long you've been playing tennis for. These are mindset and perspective and mental toughness elements that are, are timeless, that are universal, that are critical to understand and embrace, in my opinion, if you want to get the most out of the game. So, number one, he says early, he kind of goes a little bit through his, the early days of his career, and he talks about his early frustrations and, and ups and downs, and he made the statement that early on in his career, some days he was totally unmotivated, and he says, quote, that he was totally unmotivated on some days in his early career to, to go out and practice and train, and the traveling in particular, he says, was taxing on him, and some days he just didn't want to get out there and do it. And I think this is surprising to a lot of amateur athletes that any kind of elite, world-class, professional athlete 
could possibly be unmotivated and anything less than completely inspired every single day that they wake up. And there must be some kind of innate fountain of inspiration coming from within them and, and energy and focus and motivation. And it's just plain not the truth. And so if you wake up in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed to work out or you don't want to get out of bed to go hit serves or work on your practice plan, please know that all that means is that you're human. It doesn't mean that you weren't cut out for it. It doesn't mean that you're, you're not destined to improve or, or reach the goals that you have for your game or any other part of, of life. People who reach their goals in health, in finance, finance, in their career, or in tennis, they do so not because they're constantly inspired and they're always motivated, but because they put in consistent work especially when they don't feel like it. That's when the people who consistently achieve separate themselves from the people who don't in all different disciplines and walks of life. When they don't feel like it, they, they understand that it's normal and they just go do it anyway. If it's important to them, then they just put in the reps. They just put in the work, even if they don't feel like it. So that's number one. Being totally unmotivated on some days is perfectly fine, even for Roger Federer. All right, number two. Took, it took him three years, he says in this video, to figure himself out on a tennis court. And what he says is he had a lot of ups and downs emotionally at first, and it took him years to learn about himself, of observing himself, what made him happy, what made him angry. And early on, Roger, if you kind of do a little bit of digging into his early career, had a really, really terrible, fiery temper, and he would get really angry at himself very, very quickly. And I want to let you know that if you get frustrated on the court, it's, again, perfectly okay. It took time and mindfulness for him to get to know himself. It wasn't some kind of intuitive, natural flow state of competitive genius that everybody, Roger's just so put on a, on a pedestal, as he should, of course, based on his achievements and, and how he carries himself and the poise that he has both on the court and off the court. And so it's, it's easy for us to assume as outsiders that it's something that you're either blessed with or you're not. And Roger reveals in this interview that it was not some kind of innate gift that he was given by the tennis gods. It's something that he had to consciously work on, and it took three years of conscious effort for him to figure it out and then make a decision in that in whatever direction it was. And that leads us right into number three. He's, he says specifically that he made a decision to act the way and behave the way that he would be most successful on the court. It, it, he specifically uses the word decision. I think it's so, so revealing that he had to decide to take on a certain quality on the courts. Once he spent that three years to figure himself out, the type of person he was on the court, and he learned what worked and what didn't, it wasn't so much that he just naturally evolved into this higher being. He had to make a choice. He had to choose to carry himself in the way that he knew would lead him to the most success. And so the lesson for you and I is champions aren't cool, calm, and collected by nature. They all have the same feelings. They all have the same insecurities and anxieties that the rest of us do. They're not robots who you just flip the switch on and they just go and perform perfectly emotionally and physically. They simply make the decision to train a reaction that best sets them up for success. 
And even then, it's not like they're they're only successful. It's not like they never break from the the mode that they know they operate best in. They're still human, and they're still going to have failures, and that's totally fine. But somewhere along the line, you have to decide. Well, number one, you have to be aware. And Roger, that was number two. Uh, Roger it took three years to figure himself out. And then number three, you have to make a decision or a choice to carry yourself in a certain way on the court once you decide what your optimal level of alertness or uh, energy is on the court. So that's number three. Make that decision. Make that choice. Number four from this interview. He talks about fire and ice and the ups and downs. And and he uh, specified, he talks about fire being the excitement of a great point or the excitement of wanting to win versus an opponent and, and having that be kind of the emotional high for him. But then he also talked about the flip side of that coin and the ice he described as accepting losses, accepting bad shots, and dealing with a crowd or dealing with tough circumstances, maybe uh, distractions around the court. And my favorite word that he used in this sentence was the word accepting. Champions accept failures and they accept difficult situations for, for what they are. And then they move on and keep doing the work that they know they need to do to reach their goals. Too many of us dwell on the negatives. And listen, listen carefully. This is critical. It's not that Roger Federer doesn't have distractions. It's not that he doesn't have his own personal pitfalls or obstacles that he has to overcome. The difference between people who achieve great things uh, frequently, the difference between those people and the people who get stuck at a particular level or a particular uh, quality of execution it's simply that the people who get stuck dwell on those negatives and they, they fixate on those obstacles. They, they fixate on those, pit, those pitfalls and those traps and they use them as excuses to not do the hard work. And so, again, it comes down to a choice, which we talked about in the previous one, to accept those failures, accept those losses that sting in the moment, accept the, the terrible misses into the net as just part of the process. You, it's going to come. Those, those negatives are going to come. Those, those uh, emotional lows are going to come. The failures are going to come. What champions do is they accept those, those low points, and then they put their head down, they get back up, and then they do the work they need to reach their goals, and continue developing as a person, to continue developing as a tennis player. So that was number four. Three more to go. I just can't believe how much of this is in a two-minute, 36-second video. And really, Roger talking was probably two minutes of it. Um, So really, kudos to the people who put this video together. Just so much wisdom in it. All right, point number four. Uh, I'm sorry, that was point number four, the fire and the ice, the excitement of a great point and accepting losses, accepting bad shots. Number five, Roger said, I still get nervous. Sometimes I still don't play very well, but I can trust myself. And I think this is really critical. And frankly, like a lot of, I, I have a lot of respect to Roger for kind of showing his humanity for for being vulnerable and and saying after however many what is he at 99 tour wins now 99 championships that he's won on the courts uh is it 20 grand slams i think 
still gets nervous. He's won every tournament there, there is to win. He still gets nervous, and he still doesn't play well. But the, the phrase that he says, the thing that he comes back to is he trusts himself. And so I, be, I believe the lesson here for all of us is champions trust in the process, the work they're doing, the repetitions they're putting in day in and day out, instead of needing everything to go well in the moment. Too many of us are only happy and we're only satisfied when things are going well. But champions, people who really rise to the top, not only are they okay with things not going well, but they understand it's part of the process. And And the greatest champions can embrace a failure and learn from it. And to be successful, you have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You, you have to learn to be okay sitting in that moment after tanking that forehand into the net. You have to be okay sitting in that moment after losing to the player who you perceive to be a level below you and and view it with some perspective and and with an open mind and and be able to learn the lessons from it that are meant to be learned instead of again fixating and dwelling on the negative and allowing that to really suck your attitude dry and, and go to a really negative place where you kind of become your own worst enemy. And so Federer has off days just like the rest of us. And I actually kind of broke down in a big off day of his that I was able to witness in person. And the name of that podcast was Roger Federer Tactics Tennis Lesson Podcast. Uh, that was podcast episode number 279. Uh, I was in the stands with an amazing seat to watch him on a really off day and see the adjustments and the mental attitude that he had during that day. Uh, if you enjoy this kind of breakdown, and, and, I, and I break down kind of his commentary after the match in his post-match interview. So if you like uh, kind of the breaking down of the mindset and quotes from, from Roger, then I highly recommend you, you download that episode. Um, it's more tactical uh, in focus, but, but also mindset as well. So rather than get angry, they observe and they learn, and they problem solve. That's what a champion does. So rather than fixate on how bad of a day he was having that day, he problem solved the situation. He, he was honest with himself, made an honest assessment of here's what's working, here's what's not working, here's what my opponent is doing especially well, what do I have left? What else can I try? And Roger, in that match, made a really incredible tactical adjustment that commenta- um, commentators later said they, they'd never seen him make before. And I'll leave you, leave you hanging on that one uh, to go check out that episode if you haven't uh, heard it already. But bottom line is, it's okay to be nervous. It's okay if you don't play well. Not only is it okay, but it just makes it, it's just part of it. It's part of the process. It's part of the journey. And it just makes you human. So that was number five. Number six out of seven, Roger said, and this was actually something that he articulated in that post-match interview in that match, but he says in this video, you have to see the positives in some tough moments. And this is so, so critical. This is really kind of a sub-point of the previous one. Champions know that success is about learning from the hard times. And a good friend of mine who's in the fitness space, uh, Michael Morelli, I uh, first heard this phrase from him. I heard him first say, it's not failure, it's feedback. It's not that you failed, it's that you found something that 
doesn't work and doesn't give you the outcome that you want. It's simply feedback coming back to you, letting you know that this particular path is not working. And it, that could be in a micro sense on a uh, your forehand down the line on a particular day. Uh, it could be more macro sense, uh, trying to fix your serve. And six weeks later, it's just not coming in the way that you hoped it would. Feedback is critical to improvement. And it's, this reminded me of a Thomas Edison quote where uh, he was talking about, about developing the light bulb and going through all the different filaments and materials. And a reporter asked him how he felt about failing. Uh, uh, reportedly, he tried 10,000 different iterations of his light bulb design, and none of them worked before he finally found one that worked. And he, he said, uh, I haven't failed. 10,000 times. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work. And 10,000 is way above the threshold that most of us have for failure. Most of us have been kind of conditioned, whether internally or externally, to optimize for winning and for success. And of course, like that's what we want is to improve, to develop, to become better versions of ourselves and better versions of our, our tennis player self. And of course, you should be in a macro sense, in a, in a big sense, you should be shooting for that. But along the way, champions understand that when they look at the micro, it's not a smooth improvement curve. There are many, many jagged edges and ups and downs, and sometimes many downs before there are any before there are any ups that balance it out. And so viewing those setbacks as feedback is super, super important so that you continue pushing forwards and you don't give up and you don't throw in the towel and say, well, I guess I was just destined to be a 3.5 player my entire life. And so this could be a, a, a upsetting loss. It could be a stroke that's stuck in a rut. It could be a, a plateau with your, your game as a whole. There are upsides and positives that can be had in all of those moments, as long as you don't place the almighty win at the top of your value system as a tennis player. If the only way you're happy is by winning match after match after match, then it's impossible to view those setbacks with any kind of po- in any kind of positive light, and you'll miss a tremendous amount of lessons along the way. And so number six lesson here from Roger, you have to see the positives in many tough moments. And now, number seven, Roger finishes up this, this piece by saying, and this was advice that he said he got from his parents, you can't win them all, but you can try your very best. That's what you always should strive for. And so again, just kind of put the winning and losing into perspective, and, and few players have ever won more than Roger. But to hear Roger say, you know, this is an almost just coming from me or from any random, you know, regular person, this can come off as really cliche. Well, you can't win them all, but just try your best. You know, it's like, it's like the cliche, like motivational, you know, advice you give your, your six-year-old like peewee uh, baseball son or daughter as they're going off to play. But there's real knowledge and wisdom in the way that he said it. And, and in the principle in general, you can't win them all, but you can try your very best. And that's what you should always strive for. That is what you should put at the top of your list as far as things that on any given day you can achieve. At the end of the day, 
who wins and who loses is not in your control, at least not completely. Of course, you have influence over it, but so does the other player. And so you can't control whether you have an on day or an off day. Uh, You can't control whether your opponent has an on day or an off day. You can influence it. There's certain things you can do to try to uh, push it one way or the other. But at the end of the day, there's so many variables that are outside of your control that if coming away with a win in the W column is the only thing that you can walk away feeling successful about, then the truth of the matter is you will walk off the court in a negative failure mindset over and over and over again, because you will lose. There are days where you can't control all those different variables. And so if you don't have a healthy perspective about it, if you don't have a healthy attitude about it, then it can be very, very easy to get frustrated and, and quit when you may be on the verge of, of some kind of breakthrough, whether it be with a particular stroke or against a particular opponent or in your game in a more macro sense uh, as a whole, you could be right on the verge of a breakthrough. And working through those plateaus is a critical part of finally getting to those points where there is progress and you are making a forward step in your game. So if every day you give full effort, full focus, and full intention to what you do on the courts, then you can always look back with pride and gratitude for that time that you've spent and for that effort that you've invested. If, on the other hand, you're fixated on the win and on the number next to your name, whatever that number happens to be, then it's very easy to get sucked into being discontent. the lack of contentment in whatever it is that you're doing. Because if it's if that number is not constantly moving up and that's your objective, then everything else seems to not matter very much. And if you're on a losing streak and that's your objective is just to try to win every match, then it can be very, very easy to lose sight of everything else that's good that's happening around you and also lose out on the, the positive lessons and the fulfillment and the, and the, um, the joy that could still be part of your game, even though everything is not going your way. And so hopefully hearing this perspective from Roger is a breath of fresh air for you. Really quickly, I'll review. Number one, early on, he was totally unmotivated on some days. Number two, it took him three years to figure himself out on a tennis court. Number three, he made a decision to act the way and behave the way on the tennis court that he knew was best for him. Number four, fire and ice, the excitement of a great point, and wanting to win versus accepting losses, accepting bad shots, and accepting the crowd in tough circumstances. Number five, he still gets nervous, and sometimes he doesn't play very well, but he can trust himself. Number six, you have to see the positives and some tough moments. And number seven, you can't win them all, but you can try your very best, and that's what you should always strive for. So again, the video title was Roger Federer on being mentally fit, It's my goal here to kind of deconstruct his statements a little bit and make it really applicable and digestible for you and for myself. And so I I hope I've achieved that. Uh, Shoot me an email. Let me know if this was helpful to you. My email address is ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. And if you have any topics or any questions that you'd like me to cover for you and give you some guidance, I'd be happy to do that. You can send that to that same email address. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I'm super grateful for your time and your attention. Thank you for that. Thank you for downloading this episode and for your support by listening to what I have to say. 
For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.